This is the uh, mimer that the Rebbe gave right after uh, the Rebbe's heart attack in uh, 1977. And um, it's a very, very powerful mimer. And uh, it discusses um, the purpose of creation and how a Jew is meant to deal with uh, various um, situations and obstacles and uh, how specifically the places where you least expect it are the are the places where everything where where where, where it all counts. Um, so I'm going to go and par- paraphrase from the uh, Hebrew. <clears throat> In the beginning, God created the heaven and earth. Said the, says the sages, Amr Rabbi Yitzchak. Rabbi Yitzchak says. The Torah should have begun from the words, HaKodesh HaZelachem. Torah should have begun from the first mitzvah. Why does the Torah begin with Bereshis instead? And the answer is, the power of his works, he told his nation to give them inheritance of nations. In other words, as Rashi explains, if nations, the world will tell the Jewish people that you are thieves because you have stolen the land of the seven nations, so they should respond to them, all of the world belongs to God. He created it, and he gave it to who, whom is fitting in his eyes. It was with his will that he gave it to them, and it was with his will that he took it from them and gave it to us. That's a term begins with Bereshus, so should we, we should have a response for the anti-Semites who say we've stolen the land of Israel. So our Rebbeim explained this sentence, this Rashi, in a deeper spiritual context. What did the Rebbeim explain? The reason why the Torah should have begun for the first mitzvah, the simple reason is because it's the, Torah, it, the word Torah means instruction, Torah means irah, Torah means lesson. Torah is about lessons for us. But our Rebbeim explained this in a deeper level, and they, they focus on the specific mitzvah that Rashi chooses, the first mitzvah mentioned, the uh, first mitzvah the Torah mentions as a commandment to all the Jewish people. The very first mitzvah in the Torah is, is to be fruitful and multiply, but the first mitzvah mentioned as a commandment to the Jewish people is a mitzvah of the calendar. Says Chassidus, says our Rebbeim, the words hachodesh hazeh, this month, is an expression of the convergence of the transcendent sovev light of Hashem and the bemali and the imminent sustaining force that animates creation. That's, that's what HaChodesh Hazem means. Why does HaChodesh Hazem mean that? Because the word Chodesh, which is month, is, it has a relationship to the sphere of Malchus. As it says in the Pasuk, Chodesh Ishta, Chodesh his wife. So his wife, which is female, is like the sphere of Malchus, the lowest sphere of Atzilus, the power of, of God's uh, speech, God's ten utterances comes from the sphere of Malchus, the sphere of sovereignty, because um, God's animating force in the world is just like a king leads people by his word, so too Hashem leads us and guides us and creates us and sustains us with his words. So that's also related, the speech in general is associated with the feminine energy because just as a female receives from a male, so too our power of speech receives from our thoughts and feelings. Speech is the lowest of the ten spheres. 
It's the it's how our thoughts and feelings are communicated to someone else. It's not how, how how we think or feel. It's how we how it's communicated outwards. So the sphera of Malchus, the feminine sphera, is associated with the word Chodesh. It could perhaps have to do with these connection between a woman and the cycle of the moon as well. Uh, but all that, that Derba quotes is the Pasuk, which is, equates wife and Chodesh. So regardless, the proof that we're trying to uh, say is that the word Chodesh is about God's animating power, Memalik alone. The word Zeh literally means this, refers to revelation. As it says in the Torah that when all the Jewish people stood at the Reed Sea, and they saw the parting of the sea, everyone was able to point with their finger and, finger and say, this is my God. So the word Zeh indicates absolute and total revelation. And that is referring to a higher transcendent light of Hashem of total revelation, not Hashem's limited sustaining energy, but rather Hashem's infinite energy. So the, the, these two words in a sentence then means Chodesh, Hazeh, means that the transcendent light of Hashem, the infinite light of Hashem, is connecting and converging with the sustaining energy of Hashem of Malakalam. Chodesh is Elochem, that in the sphere of Malchus, in the God's sustaining energy, there should be the revelation of Hazeh, of Sevekalam. And that's where the Torah should have begun. Why should the Torah have begun from there? Because the purpose of Torah and mitzvahs is to connect the Sovev and Mali. The goal of Torah is to reveal God's infinite light in the sustaining energy in the world. And that's where the Torah should have begun with the Chodesh Hazeh. That's the question of Rashi. Why did the Torah begin with Bereshis? The Torah should have begun with, with the, what Torah is about. Torah is about a Chodesh Hazeh. Torah is about the connection of the infinite light of Hashem being revealed here in the physical world. So why does the Torah begin instead with the story of Bereshis? So what's the answer? Now we understand the Hasidic meaning of the question on a whole different level. Let's go to Ezbeis and see where this is going. The idea of bringing Sovev down through Teremitzvah in its Sovev has many translations. Sovev means transcendent light. Uh, in the Sovev could even be referring to the sphere right above Malchus. Right above Malchus it could also be called Sovev, transcendent, because it's not the imminent sustaining energy of the world. The world. It's, not, it's not the animating energy. Re- usually, Chassis uses the word Sovev Kolom, the, the light of Hashem that transcends all worlds. It's, it's referring to a light above Atzilus. But Sovev technically could also refer to the light of Hashem above Malchus. But, in our context, the Rebbe says, Sovev doesn't just mean Za, and doesn't just mean the light of Hashem above, above Atzilus. Rather, Sovev in its highest meaning is referring to the light of Hashem that existed prior to the Tzimtzum. In the Emek HaMelech, in the beginning it says, that when God created the world, there was a Tzimtzum. Why was there a Tzimtzum? Because the infinite light of Hashem filled all of existence, and there was no room for any creation, no room for any vessels, and Hashem contracted His light. Of course, we know from Chassidus that Hashem didn't really withdraw the light from physically, or however word you would want to use. The light didn't actually move, because Hashem is everywhere. But for the intended purpose of understanding the, how the, the emanation, the emergence of, of the world and creation, Hashem made this total apparent, 
withdrawal of his light, and that made it possible for there to be the creation of vessels and worlds. The vacuum. First, Hashem's light filled all of existence. Now this light caused a withdrawal, so to speak, of his light, and that made it possible for there to be creation. So, so the idea of bringing Hashem's light to the world of Teremitzis, the idea of, of bringing the convergence of the transcendent light and the imminent light in its very first source, this would mean to bring back the light that existed prior to the Tzimtzum. When the Torah says that God put Adam and Eve in the garden, so that they should work on the garden and guard the garden, this refers to Torah and its commandments. Working on the garden refers to all positive mitzvahs. Guarding the garden refers to not doing any negative commandments. So Hashem putting Adam and Eve in the garden to work and guard the garden is also a reference for the role of a Jew in the world, to work and guard God's garden by keeping all of their mitzvahs. So what does that mean? What are we supposed to do over here? We're supposed to bring back additional light of Hashem through the Kav, from the light of Hashem that preceded, that's higher than the Simpson. Until when Mashiach will come, there will be a revelation of Hashem's infinite light in the place of the vacuum, like it was before the Tzimtzum. So Hashem first hides His light through the Tzimtzum, and we are meant to bring back that light, and that light should be here. Rebbe Hashab goes to great length to explain how that's possible, how uh, if the light couldn't have existed together with the world, uh, originally, why is it possible now? And Rebbe gives an example of a teacher and a student that the teacher, in order to relate to the student, he has to, like, so to speak, forget everything he knows. But then after his student is able to like be at some um, secure, some level of security and some level of understanding of the idea, then the teacher can then eventually give the student his own appreciation of the same idea. In a similar way, once the symptom caused the world to exist, now it's possible through Terry Mitzvahs for the light of Hashem to again be revealed. The, the light of Hashem that, that, that preceded and it's higher than Simpson can now exist in the place of the Simpson. So that's the reason. Um, can, can you just go back to what you said that that the Sovev light could actually be something within the Simpson, that it could be just something higher than Malchus? Yeah. I'm, I'm not, maybe that's the case here. Why isn't that the case right now? So, I, 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 what I was saying before was that although you could um, water down the idea of bring down Soviet and say it only means you said, but the ultimate goal of creation is is that we should bring the light before the Tzimtzum into creation. Um, the the um, what's the proof? I, I wasn't really bring a proof for this. It just says that this is a. This is the goal. Of, it would seem that's the goal of creation. Just to bring back the light. That would, it would seem that all you need to do is reverse the Simpson and bring back the light before. Um, I guess the Rebbe is drawing on the word Seviv. That Seviv has many meanings. And the highest meaning of Seviv is light of Hashem before the Simpson. That's a translation of the word Seviv. Yeah? So, through term, so, so, so that's where the Torah should have begun. The Chesh Lechem. Because we should bring back that light before the Tzimtzum, we should bring back the infinite light of Hashem. That's what the Torah should have begun. Why should the Torah begin there? Because the whole point of Torah is to bring down the infinite light of Hashem before the Tzimtzum. And therefore, the Torah should have begun with Machodesh Azeh. Hachodesh Azeh is revelation. Chodesh is imminent, sustaining force. 
let the Zeh, let the infinite light of Hashem as it is before the Tzimtzum, let that shine in Hachodesh, let that shine in Machos, to shine in the world. So why then is Gimel? Why then does the Torah begin with the words Breshis Bara? Why is the Torah, if the whole point of Torah is indeed to bring down the infinite light of Hashem into the, into the place of the Tzimtzum, why does the Torah... Why does the Torah... Sounds like Bella. Why does the Torah then begin with the words Breshis Bara? Because the power of his works, he told his people to give them inheritance of nations. That means the reason that, that there's something in that sentence that conveys something higher than Savior. The higher than the light of Hashem that preceded the Tzimtzum. The goal of Teremitsis is to bring down to the world a new light, meaning the essence of Hashem's light that is even higher than the light that, was in the, that, was, that filled the vacuum. Before the Tzimtzum, there's a light that filled the vacuum. Then there was a vacuum. And it seems that our purpose is just to bring back that light. But the Rebbe says, no. The goal of, of, of what the Torah is conveying by starting the Torah with Bereshis is to say that we have to bring down to the world a new light, a light of Hashem that did not even, that was not even in the place of the vacuum prior to the Tzimtzum. Not only are we meant to bring down to the world the light of Hashem that, that was higher than the Tzimtzum, we are meant to bring down to the world a new light. And the light from the essence of Hashem, Mamish, not just... Seviv means that it's something which is transcendent of something else. So, so that could also refer to light before the symptom. It has some relationship to creation. But that, that, that's what Seviv means. But the goal of creation is not just to bring down Seviv. The goal of creation is to bring down the Atzmus, the essence of Hashem's, Hashem's light, Mamish. And how to bring down this, this light is specifically by Birudim, specifically by elevating the physical. And that's the, the meaning and the advantage of the Pasuk, with the power of the power of his works he told his people to give them inheritance of nations. How that idea surpasses the idea of a chodesh hazeh, because a chodesh hazeh just means to bring down the transcendent light of Hashem. To bring down which it sources the Ayontan, oh, here we go. Uh, you're asking how come this means light before the symptom. The source of of Soiviv is the light of Hashem that existed before the symptom. The light that filled all of existence the Imakamel talks about. Uh, before the Tzimtzum, that's a source of Seviv. So, Chodesh HaZed, the meaning of Zed, the ultimate open meaning of Zed, is to bring down the infinite light of Hashem uh, that existed before the Tzimtzum. That's what, that's what the Torah would have done if the Torah would have begun from a Chodesh HaZed. That's all Torah could have accomplished if we would start the Torah from a Chodesh HaZed. But through elevating the physical, which, which is beyond this, th- there's something that can accomplish, we can accomplish even more than that. We can, we can draw it down from the essence of Hashem Mamish. By elevating the things in this world that fell down from the seven kings, meaning from the kings of Edom, that Hashem, just like on, on the surface, this Rashi is talking about how Hashem first gave the land of Israel to these kings. They, these are the kings of Edom, as the Torah says, that reigned before there were Jewish kings. So Hashem first gave the land of Israel to the hands of the Gentiles. So, which also means, it also echoes the idea of, of, the, of the creation of the world of Teo and, and the chaos that evolved from the creation of the world of Teo, the shattering of the vessels, as the Gemara says, that God built worlds and destroyed them. And that's also represented by the Torah saying, the Torah's biography of these seven kings is, the, and he reigned, he was a king, and he died. He reigned and he died. The Torah is emphasizing that um, 
by saying this very short biography, this uh, this great obituary of uh, these kings, all of them, this, one after another, he reigned and he died, Torah is saying that Hashem created a, a, a world for the purpose of, of destroying it. He built the world to destroy it, built the world of Teo to destroy it. So Hashem built a place of darkness and chaos. Hashem gave the land of Israel to them. And then the Jewish people are meant to take that chaos, to take these sparks of Teo that are flying down from the world of Teo into the physical reality of this world, and to elevate those sparks and inherit those sparks and to and to so that and inherit them so that instead of it being a so that it should become the inheritance of Jacob. So, and by doing this, by elevating the sparks, by elevating the place of the chaos, elevating the place of of Tayu, we draw down to the world a new light of Hashem that is higher than the light that existed before the Tzimtzu. And just as this is true in the world in general, in the in the Bria so too is this specifically the elevation of the actual land of Israel, taking the land of the seven nations and making the land of Israel. So, just I, I think I've, I, uh, we, we went, we, we jumped somewhere. Let me just bring us back to what we, what, what we were saying. Uh, it's true that through Terim Mitzvahs, we bring down the light of Hashem that existed before the Tzimtzum. That's true. But a Jew is meant, to be, the Torah accomplishes more than that. If the Torah would just start with a, start with a Chodesh Hazer, then that's what Torah is about. But the Torah begins with gracious. Torah begins with creation of the world. And the, just like the physical messages, don't think that the Gentiles own one of Israel, you could conquer it and take it, it belongs to you. The spiritual messages, don't think that there's places in the world that you can't take, that don't belong to Hashem, that can't be elevated, that there, there are experiences in your life that aren't holy, that aren't meant to be holy. You're able to elevate everything. And when you do, not only do you not only are you drawing on the light of Hashem that existed before the Tzimtzum, that's how you get to the essence of Hashem. It's specifically by elevating those goyish moments, the moments which belong, it seems, to the, to the world of chaos, the world of Tayu, which come from the sparks of Hashem falling, from, which, come from, which means we come from, from darkness, the sparks of Hashem falling into the physical world and, and uh, creating a, a reality of confusion. So specifically by a Jew taking these sparks of Hashem which have fallen and conquering them and bringing them up to Kedusha, he brings down God's essence. That's the Torah begins with Bereshah's Bar. Uh, before we go further, any, any questions? Yes, I actually do have a question. Uh, what seems to be a more essence-stick uh, connection to Hashem? The Berurim of Nisayin or the Berurim or, or it just seems like Torah Mitzvah. Torah Mitzvah, you're connecting to essence, but you mentioned Birurim before, which is normally with uh, the sun or some life event or other than Torah and Mitzvah. So obviously, yes, you want to incorporate Torah Mitzvah into your everyday reasoning and justification and getting through that Birur, getting through that Nisayan, but from based upon what you said, it just it seems like Birurim is a higher level of connecting to a deeper level of Atmos than Torah Mitzvahs, which we say Torah Mitzvahs is connected to Atmos. I have the same question as you. Let me just re- rephrase your question so we know your question. We'll get the answer. Your question is, it says always in Chassidus that when you, when you learn Torah do Mitzvah, you connect to God's essence. And here it seems that only through Birurim, only through either either challenges and elevating the physical. Of course, the way to elevate the physical is with the Mitzvah. 
but it's not the mitzvah itself per se, it seems. From this mimer, it seems that it's, it's the convergence of the physical, the spiritual, from the confusion to bringing up the holiness that connects to God's essence. So I'm, I'm, I don't know the answer to your question. Um, I'm, I, I'm guessing, I'm not sure, I'm guessing that perhaps we're referring to a light of Hashem, a revelation of Hashem. In other words, it's true that you do a mitzvah, you're hugging Hashem. Just like you're hugging your baby over there. So you know, you, you, that, that when you do a mitzvah, you're talking connecting God's essence. But a revelation of a or chadash, the light of Hashem that you're that you're revealing to the world, is a light, a new light that comes from God's essence. Perhaps the emphasis isn't the word essence, because you have term it says also. Perhaps the word over here is revelation, the or chadash, the new light that didn't exist before the tzimtzum. It's I, I, I would guess that that's that's the the intent. I'm not sure, but I I would guess that that's the intent that. It's true. It kind of makes sense because that's what you're doing when you do this birur through Nisayan is you're connecting into a deeper level of yourself, which technically didn't exist there before, or if it did exist, it was very latent and bringing it to the surface. So it has the same connotation. Yeah. Also, I want to point out that it doesn't mention specifically specifically tests. Never says elevating. It seems the emphasis over here isn't only tests. It seems it's just the fact that you took something that was dark and made it light. Um, not necessarily, but actually, let's see the next paragraph. It does focus on that. Let's the next paragraph. Let's go. Since the only reason why God gave it to them temporarily is in order that He should take it from them and give it to us, that's why He didn't give it to them. They should keep it. It was like you give a little Vanessa to somebody, giving to them, but you want to take it back. So since Hashem only gave it to them for the purpose of taking it from them, giving to the giving it to us, it's obvious that if a Jew makes a decision with power, with strength, with a resolve then he's able to elevate more easily the lands of the seven nations and the entire world, that it should be a home for Hashem. And although it seems that this requires effort and hard work, to the extent that the nations of the world claim about every single refinement, here's that, every single refinement, every single elevation, every time you try to elevate something, the nations of the world, which I think over here means a reference to the goy within, says to you, when you try to elevate anything, it says to you, you're a thief. This is because of the great concealment of Hashem. In other words, it's not the reality. Although they're calling you thieves, don't believe them. There's a great concealment. It's true, there's a great concealment. That, but, but that's not, there's no ownership there. Hashem didn't make it for that, for, for, for the purpose of concealment. Hashem didn't make it for any other reason other than you elevating it. So although they're calling you a thief whenever you, or you're calling yourself a thief more accurately, whenever you try to elevate a spark of Hashem, that's because Hashem is hiding Himself. You don't feel because of, because of Hashem's concealment, that the whole world belongs to Hashem, and everything comes from Him, everything comes from you. But the whole point of the concealment of Hashem, why did Hashem make this concealment, why did He hide Himself, it's an only in order that we should look for Him. In the language of Zitcha Magid, Zitcha Magid says that uh, famous marshal of a father hiding from his son, I think Hashem, I'm sorry, this middle of says the marshal, a father hides from his son. And why does he hide from his son? He doesn't hide from his son. The son a, a foolish son, says in the Rebbe, doesn't realize what's going on. He thinks his father has left. But a, a more intelligent son realizes that, if his, that his father would never leave him. There must be something, must, must be something that the father wants to accomplish over here. The father would never leave his child. So what does the son realize when, his, when he doesn't see his father anymore? You have to read the Mitla Rebbe's parable. He goes in such length and detail about the son looking for the father. 
and how he goes in the same roads his father would go. And he, would, he just looking, he knows, he's, he knows his father wouldn't leave him. And therefore, he continuously searches those places where, where his father would always go. And the, and, and the other child is not so, not, not so smart. He right away gives up. He says, Dad's gone. So the middle of the saying, basically, when, when the Abishar hides, hides from us, he's, the only reason he's hiding from us is in order we should look for him. It's, it's a foolish child, which, which right away gives up and says, ah, he for sure left. But a Yidok has to be like, has, Hashem only hides because he wants, to, he wants to give us a chance to show our wisdom. Hashem wants us to show our wisdom. That's his purpose of hiding from us. He's not trying to hide for the purpose of hiding. He's just hiding so that we should look for him. That's the whole goal of, the, of, of Hashem hiding. So, one second, let's read over here further. I know it's 7.45, I'm going to try to finish this within five minutes, um, or less. Okay, so the whole purpose of Hashem hiding from us is in order that we should look for Him from there, meaning from the place of the concealment. The Jews, these are Rebbe's words, listen, the Jews should look and find God in all matters of the world, the Jews should look for and find Hashem in all worldly matters, in the concealments, in the cover-ups, like the father who hides himself from his young child in order to, to expose, to reveal the wisdom of his son, and his son understands that the whole concealment is only in order that, he should be, that his father should be looked for and found. And the Torah promises that when a Jew looks for Hashem from there, from the place of concealment, then certainly he will find him. That you conquer the world and you make it a home for Hashem until Hashem will transform all nations of the world to serve him with one consent and Hashem will reign. We connect. We can connect this also with the idea of a Yaakov Halachadarka and Jacob went on his journey, which is announced after Shabbos Bereshis. That although a Jew goes to his own road, Jacob went on, on his own road, which means he's involved in material things and in mat- mundane things throughout the year. Nevertheless, he's not afraid. Rather, instead of being afraid, he goes with surety, with joy and gladness of heart. And this is the reason why every Saturday night, every Matzah Shabbos, especially the, the Matzah Shabbos Bereshis, when then we start mainly the idea of a Yaakov Halachadarka going onto your road. What do we say on Matzah Shabbos? It's not our custom to say this. Our custom is um, not to say this, but other people have this custom. Chassidus explains other customs as well. What do people say in Matzah Shabbos? They say the words, don't be afraid, my servant Jacob. Why is that the custom? Because in Matzah Shabbos, since the, since the soul departs, the extra nasham that comes on Shabbos departs, and you have to go back to the level of Yaakov, to go back to the mundane. So Hashem tells the Jew, don't be afraid, Yaakov, my servant, in, of going down to the six days of the week to elevate the sparks. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid of going down there. And Hashem gives a Jew power and energy. And the reason why you shouldn't be afraid, why shouldn't you be afraid? Because Hashem, his God, is with him. And every single Jew, even someone who is only at the level of Yaakov, in every place and in every time and every matter, even outside of Israel, even in days of the week, even in very mundane kinds of activities, Hashem, his God, he is with him. And he becomes a partner with Hashem in creation, and he causes a change in creation. He causes a novelty in creation, like God himself. Because by his efforts in refining refining the sparks to make the world a home for Hashem, he causes a change in creation. And that's the reason why in Shabbos Bereshis we read the words, God created the heaven and earth, 
because by a Jew elevating the world, he causes it to be a, 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 something new in the creation of the heaven and the earth and everything in it. Until we will witness Mashiach will come, when Hashem will give us the new heaven and the new, new earth. Uh, this is a reference to how Mashiach will come, Hashem will reveal in the world the, uh, the emes. So it's called, so to speak, a new heaven and new earth. All right. Any questions, comments, criticism, tomatoes, and cucumbers? Yeah, when, um, when is the mikvah over here going to open so we can have the share in person again? L'chaim, l'chaim, l'chaim. That's all you really care about. L'chaim, l'chaim, l'chaim.